You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Emma, our producer M, as others sometimes call me. Today I am joined by Chris and also by Rich, the Sourced Manchester director. So we're going to talk to Rich in a few minutes, but first I'm going to question Chris on peer-to-peer lending. Oh good, hello everyone. (laughs) I must first say that if you're looking to invest via a peer-to-peer platform, your capital is at risk. So Chris, for our listeners, what is peer-to-peer in a nutshell? Okay, so at its most basic sense, peer-to-peer lending involves a marketplace consisting of an online platform where investors can lend money to borrowers via legal agreements. So typically lending is provided at a going rate, i.e. that typical of a high street bank or building society. Investors, however, enjoy a much higher rate of return with peer-to-peer lending, receiving the cash flows uh, of their investment. Yeah, so if you want to find out more about how peer-to-peer works and what it is, um, if you go to the website www.source.co, you can have a look on the investment side of things and we've got a How It Works page. Um, We've also got a video on there and we've also got a white paper which you can download for free too. So that might be of interest to you. So if you think about the way that a bank works... A bank will take money from people who deposit funds with them. It will give them a rate of return and then it will take that money and lend it out in loans at a higher rate and the bank sits in the middle. So peer-to-peer is very similar in, in the structure as the way that a bank works. Yeah, so compelling cost savings can be achieved by removing the middleman. This benefits investors who are able to receive higher rates, like you said. Another thing that you can do what is a benefit of peer-to-peer lending is that you can lend online in minutes it's quite a quick process to do the reason we've got rich with us today is because we have a new project on the sourced website and this is rich's project so rich is the borrower and he is from sourced manchester so rich could you just introduce yourself and just give us a little bit of background about you and your experience in the property industry uh, yep. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rich. I am from Source Manchester. This is my first year in Sourced. Um, just completed 12 months. Uh, this is going to be my first conversion project and it's basically going to be a commercial to residential conversion of three studio apartments. The idea is to use the three studios as serviced accommodation for Manchester City Centre. And what had it been previously? It was a commercial unit. Just offices? Yep, yeah, just plain offices. Awesome. For those who are listening and might be new to property, can you tell us what serviced accommodation is all about? Yeah, so serviced accommodation is for professionals or um, people who want to go away for the weekend who don't particularly want to spend money to go into a hotel. Some people don't need a gym, people don't need a pool, they just want a hotel to stay in. Um, basically, it's, it's a room, but it's a, it's a hotel-style room at cheaper prices using Airbnb. So for this project, can you give us kind of a bit of a an understanding of, of where it is? Uh, I know you said it was in Manchester, but yeah. like, why would people want to stay in this location? So it's city centre location. It's a um, five minute walk from Deansgate, which is very popular over a weekend with um, people going for a night out, couples, etc. It's also right next to the M62 and right next to the Manchester Ring Road. So it's perfect for um, professionals as well for the week. 
So something that I think a lot of people will want to know, right? So if you've got a if you've got a room and you're thinking about renting it out literally by the by the night, how do you do your due diligence to know before you've bought it that there's going to be demand? Because you need it's not as if you need to find one tenant every nine months or every eighteen months. You need to find you potentially could need to find new tenants every single night. So how did you check that demand in that area was going to be strong? We've got a lot of platforms, like Emma said, we've got Airbnb, we've got Booking.com, Kayak and other late rooms and stuff like that. So we've done our homework by checking all these pages and trying to find out what people want and comparing local prices really of hotel style rooms. And presumably on those pages you can find how much other rooms are charging in your local area. So you've got really good a really good place for comparables. Yeah, in all of those places. Yeah, so if you type in the the place where wherever you're looking, um, it'll bring up all the properties within that location. So it'll, and it'll tell you exactly how much each one is, and then you have a little look and have a look what you want. Is there a difference in the kind of person that is looking for rooms like this? For instance, at the weekend, is there a different sort of tenant that you will find during the week? Yeah, so weekdays typically you're going to get professionals who are up from, for argument's sake, London who are coming up to work in Manchester and stay over for the week. Um, obviously, they don't want to stay in a hotel if they don't want to pay over the odds for a hotel for things like, like I mentioned, the gym and the hotel and the pool if they don't use it. So it's a good option for professionals. And then for weekend, it's perfect for you know couples who are going out on a date or people who are going to go to United to watch the football. There's lots of different options. So party goers, Saturday nights, Friday nights, so... So I guess if it's if it's a case of saving money for a business as well, and yep. and five of your seven nights are going to be business nights potentially instead of people going to Manchester to enjoy themselves, does that mean that some of your marketing and and the way that you try and fill that room is going to be by networking and building relationships with local businesses? We're looking to speak to businesses for the weekdays to see if we can help them with their accommodation needs. So rather than put their staff. Um, or workers into hotels and pay over the odds that you've got the choice of a room for five night, five days, five nights. So let's get on to what investors can earn from lending the cash basically to you for this project. What are you looking to raise? So we're looking to raise 261,000, which will fund the project and it's going to be over 12 months. For this 261,000, we've broke it down. If you invest your money up to $25,000, we are offering a 10% return over 12 months, which is hands-free, no tenants to worry about, no hassle, no broken boilers, it's just you're putting your money in and we're doing the work. Anything over 25000 you also get a 2% cash back, so effectively you're getting 12% on your money. So if you look at that in comparison, so I talk to a lot of investors, a lot of investors, especially in the southeast, are looking for a return of 6 7 8%, and that's a return on a property. So they have to take the property on, find tenants for it, go through all of the refurb, if management. that's what the, the, the property needs, the management, the hassle from tenants, and then and they're gonna achieve an 8% return. Yet with this, it is literally putting your money into the project and in 12 months, you'll have a 10% return. Yeah, fantastic. What are the phases of the project? So what will happen when you raise the full funds of this project? We start building. <laughs> That's so, pretty good <laughs> So you've, you've got a builder in place, haven't you? Yeah, got the builder in place. So as soon as the money's in, they basically start the work and they get to work ripping it out and making our studios look beautiful. And how long are they going to take to do that? They're going to take about three to four months. The idea is three, hopefully. 
Okay. And after the three months, what's going to happen then? After three months, the service accommodation will be open. So the idea is to run it for nine months. And then at the end of the 12 months, which is when the investors will get their money back, we will refinance the project based on a commercial valuation and all the money should be able to be pulled out. I know you've just been talking about what types of people and why people might want to stay in this service accommodation. But what kind of occupancy levels do you think you're going to achieve? So we're looking at 70%, which is below average for Manchester. The average for Manchester is about 85%, so we're well under. And also we're looking to rent the rooms out at between 60 and £70 per night. And again, the average is between 85 and 95 in Manchester. So we're trying to be on the safe side. So what are you going to do when you start off? When it first opens, are you going to go for that higher rate? and then potentially come down? Or will you try and get some bookings in, put it at the lower rate, the one that you're comfortable with, and then move it up and see where the occupancy starts to drop off? I think we've got to start a little bit lower to start off with because we need to find out if people are going to be drawn towards it and not try and overcharge them. And then depending on demand, I think we can hopefully push it up. The idea is to get up to that 85. Obviously, we don't want to go into 85 and, and leave it potentially empty. Obviously, you've got a builder in place. Has the planning all been kind of approved for this project? Yep, planning's fully approved and we're ready to go. And what did you need to do for that? So we bought the property with full planning in place for the three studios. So it was just a basic buy it off them and start the work. So I know, obviously, we've just run through everything that Rich is going to do for this project. But in terms of peer-to-peer in general, Chris, what are the benefits to an investor? As you heard from the from the rate that uh, Rich's deal is, is going to provide, the returns from peer-to-peer lending are often higher than the returns from more traditional investment products. So in this case, it starts at 10% with the option of another 2% cashback, bringing it up to a total of 12%. Although it varies from platform to platform, there's also generally much more transparency for investors in where their money is going to be uh, invested. They can see who they've loaned the cash to. So it's also in a platform's best interest to get as much return as possible for the investor, since this is how most peer-to-peer lending platforms make their money, which means undertaking plenty of due diligence when it comes to sussing out potential borrowers like Rich. Unlike asset management and corporate bonds, peer-to-peer lending platforms facilitate the loans by setting up the contracts and the direct relationship between the investor and the borrower. It's also worth saying that because you have a lot more transparency over where your money is and what your return is going to be, it's much easier to diversify your portfolio. If you've got a number of investments that you've made, this can be a great strategy because you know exactly where the money's going, which means that if you're going to invest somewhere else in another enterprise, you can make sure that it's not in the same sector which gives you much better safety in your investment. Which includes the first charge on the property. So for non-property peer-to-peer people, what does that mean exactly? So the first charge is exactly what a mortgage company will take out on the property. So if you're taking out a mortgage of £200,000 on your property, the mortgage company will take out a first charge to the value of that loan that you've taken from them. And the peer-to-peer platform works in exactly the same way. Whatever is being borrowed is secured if the worst possible thing happens and that property needs to be sold that first charge gets paid off first by uh, the selling of that property so it's also worth mentioning that the fca insists that all peer-to-peer lending platforms have arrangements in place to ensure that loans uh, will continue to be managed under the same contract if the platform ceases to exist yeah and sourced is an appointed representative of rebuilding society who are a firm authorized and regulated by the fca so if anybody wants any more information about 
peer-to-peer platform where should they go if people want to know about peer-to-peer obviously we have things out there on our website at source.co such as the white paper if you look at our how it works page and also we've got a video on there you can find out more there there's also loads of stuff online that you can kind of have a look there's tons of peer-to-peer companies out there like source and if you want to know more about investing in peer-to-peer with sourced obviously head to our website look at our investment page and rich's deals on there it's quite easy to register um, and invest if that's what you'd like to do and what is the website sourced.co excellent (laughs) so thanks rich for being a part of today's podcast you're welcome thanks for having me (laughs) and thanks chris for answering all our peer-to-peer questions my Um, pleasure We will be back with you next week with another podcast. And thanks for listening. Thanks, bye. Thank you for listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Visit sourced.co for free training videos and blogs. 